Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Sides we're taking over. Huh. Let's say it together. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment. I want to look at one scripture from the book of Romans. One scripture from the book of Romans, New Testament book, the book of Romans. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 8. Say, I'm a superhero. Now, we learned last week, as he is, so are we. Which means whatever Jesus is, that's what the scripture says we are to be in the earth. As he is, so are we. Talk to me, church. As he is. Some of y'all came ready to like gladiate today, y'all. There's a strength in this atmosphere. There's a fortitude in this atmosphere. Romans 11 and 8, just as it is written, God, watch this, has given them a spirit of stupor. Mm -hmm. Eyes that can't see nothing and ears that can't hear nothing to this very day. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. Now, in context, he's talking about the Jews here, but there's a principle we're going to extract from the text. It says, just as it is written, God, now, now who did it? God, which meant evidently if God allowed it to happen, God was trying to teach them something. Uh, God does not, watch this, God does not, you know, let things happen to us to beat up on us and all that. God does not condemn us. He convicts us. They, they look the same. They feel the same, but they come from a different spirit. They come from a different place. What do you mean? See, condemnation says you're so bad, X, Y, Z. Conviction says you're so much better than X, Y, Z. This is what he's trying to say. So if God is doing this or God allowed this, that must mean there's something they need to learn from this. Would you look at your neighbor and say, whatever God has allowed to happen in your life, there's something you need to learn. So you might as well just go on and be a student. Stop complaining about it. Stop whining about it. Just be a student from it. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see. 
which means, watch this. Your eyes are open, but you're unaware of what's really going on. And ears that they should not hear. You're listening, but you're not really listening to what they're saying. He says, eyes that should not see, ears that they should not hear to this very day. I want you to lay your hands on yourself and say your name. Now say, say your name with some strength. Uh, say, be super. Don't slip into a stupor. All right, you, gotta, you ain't saying this for your neighbor, you're saying this for yourself. Say your name. Say, be super. Don't slip into a stupor. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. I pray that today, Father, that wherever we have slipped into a stupor, that we would step out of that place and that we would be super. Father, your word says, as you are, so are we in the earth. And so today, I declare I'm speaking to curse breakers. Today, I declare I'm speaking to people that are the head and not the tail. Today, I declare I'm speaking to people that are above and never beneath. Today, I declare I'm speaking to some superheroes, some people that are getting ready to rewrite all of the jacked up chapters of their life, some people that are getting ready to rewrite all of the frustrating chapters of their lives, and we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, now look at somebody and tell them, say, be super, don't slip into a stupor. Don't slip into a stupor. You can be seated. Uh, in this series, Superheroes, we're going to unlock our divinity because the Bible says that as he is, so are we in the world. And he is divine. Say he's divine. Uh, and since he's divine, that means we should be divine. I, we looked at that word divine. It means to be excellent and of, from, or like a God, which means everything about you, people ought to look at it and say it's excellent. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you act, how your money is, how your children are. Matter of fact, you know that you're operating as a superhero and operating with excellence when people have a problem with you and they do not even know you. It is because your excellence is provoking their mediocrity. Your excellence is making their mediocrity look bad. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever bring down your excellence and bring down the divinity that is you to make other people feel comfortable. You need to start making people around you come up to where you are and stop going down to where they are, which means sometimes you're going to have to learn how to be by yourself. You're going to have to learn to have lonely days. You're going to have to learn how to take yourself to the movie. You're going to have to learn how to encourage yourself because superheroes can't hang out with everybody and anybody because they won't be brought down touch your neighbor say come down for what so last week we studied first john 4 17 because as he is so are we in this world and since we're like him when we understand how he is we'll understand how we should be and there were four things we learned number one we learned that we are love number two we learned that we live by faith not by sight number three we are faithful number four we call things that be not you finish it as though they were. On Wednesday, I challenge you with the subject, super comes before hero. So we define the word superhero. Super, once again, here we see this word excellent. It means to be excellent above, beyond, and having great capacity. Say, I'm excellent. I go above and beyond. I have great capacity. And we started talking on Wednesday about how the reality is whatever you go through in life, what it is doing is simply preparing you for what you prayed for. It is the expansion of your capacity uh, to walk in what it is God has ordained for your life. You need to have greater capacity to hold what it is you're praying for. See, you say that you want, watch this single folk, you want a godly spouse. But if you don't have the capacity to handle a godly spouse, you ain't ready for a godly spouse. 
You say you want to have great finances, but if you're mismanaging your $10 an hour now, stop asking for more until you expand your capacity. You say you want to be debt free, but when you're debt free now, there's a greater level of freedom that you have, which means you got to have a greater level of discipline to operate when you don't have nothing to owe anybody except to love them, which means your capacity has to expand. Now, so, so yeah, super excellent above beyond having great capacity. Then the word hero. That's a person who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievement, and noble qualities. And on Wednesday, I said this to us. We can't be admired for who we want to be. We're admired for who we are because of what we've done. Our culture has this backwards. Our culture says, well, this is who I want to be, so treat me like I am that already. Now, understanding that the reality is you can't be admired for who you want to be. You're admired for who you are because of what you've done. Touch your name and say, accomplish something. Uh, you can't want folk to talk about, well, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. Well, what have you built? What have you accomplished? What have you done? What giant have you taken down? And here's the good news about your neighbor. Your neighbor has built something. Your neighbor has accomplished something. If you knew the hell your neighbor had to be through just to get here today, if you knew the drama your neighbor had to go through just to be able to stand up and say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Touch your neighbor and say, I know I'm super. But here's the reality. You don't stop at last week's accomplishment. You don't stop at yesterday's accomplishment. Today is a brand new day, which means you got a new giant you need to take the head off. That means you got a new battle you need to fight. That means there's some new emotions you need to conquer, which means superheroes don't get mad when they have to fight every day. You can't sit up and say, well, Bishop, I'm just so glad I'm out of this valley from last week. Well, baby, you better get suited and booted for the new one. You can't just say, Bishop, I'm so glad I'm out of that last fight. You better get suited and booted for the new one. Because when you're a superhero, you fight every day, all day. But touch your neighbor and say, but I'm winning anyway. Yeah, I'm here to tell somebody, stop waiting for the fight to be over and learn how to live in the fight. Stop waiting for the rain to stop and learn how to start dancing while you in the rain. Somebody holler, I'm a superhero. So we looked at that word hero. That's the first definition. The second definition, it means the chief character in a book, play, or movie who is typically identified with good qualities and with whom the reader is expected to sympathize. If we were honest, if we look at pop culture, every superhero that existed, we could all sympathize in some way. Batman, you look at him and you feel sorry for him because he was an orphan of sorts. You look at Sp a Superman, you feel sorry for him because he was an orphan of sorts. A Spider-Man, you feel sorry for him because he was an orphan of sorts. Interesting, because all the superheroes all have dysfunctional family situations. Which means stop looking at your life and saying, what's so wrong with me? Could it be that God says, when you were born, the interruption to the dysfunction was born. When you were born, the superhero in your bloodline was born. Stop complaining about what you were sent to fix. Notice they all had jacked up lives. Now, while Batman had, uh, Bruce Wayne had a lot of money, what he wanted greatest was his daddy, and he couldn't have what he wanted greatest. Sometimes people will look at you and say, why aren't you uh, so happy about what's going on, and why I'm this? And you're thinking to them, you're thinking to yourself, rather, well, I know that what I have is what you want, but what I want, I don't have. Okay, y'all, 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 yeah. You ever had somebody look at your life, and they were like, wow, I'd really love to be you, and you're like, man, you only know the thing that I really want, I don't have. Sometimes when you're a superhero, watch this, everybody else looks at you and says, how great. And you're saying to yourself, but I wish this was right and this was together and this was together and this was together. They all, they all, they all, they all had interesting dynamics, interesting situations uh, in which we were able to sympathize. Every superhero that we look at in pop culture seemingly, seemingly rather, had moments when they were super. 
you see Batman swooping in to save the day. You see the bat signal coming up and Michael Keaton was sitting there. I don't know why he was just sitting from Batman Returns. Why he just sitting in the dark looking out the window. I'm talking about the, you know, Michael Keaton Batman. Not the newfangled ones. I'm talking about Michael Keaton. The, the good Batman. And not even Adam West because we needed an upgrade in Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Do I have any witnesses here? Then they started changing Batman. I said, I don't know what y'all doing. It matters who's in charge. It matters who's in charge. And so he's just sitting in the dark. Just I don't know what he's looking at. He's just sitting in the dark staring. And all of a sudden, boom, the bat signal comes up. And then you see him swoop in and save the day. But then at the same time, you saw him make awful relationship decisions. He couldn't pick somebody to date to save his life. Now, he can knock the penguin out, but he couldn't seem to figure out who he should have went to dinner with. This is what you're trying to say. How you pick Catwoman? See, some of y'all like Bishop, 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 Bishop. You really talking about superheroes? No, because I'm trying to get you to see a parallel. There are certain areas of your life you're super. Watch this here now. But can you be honest that there are some areas of your life when you look at them, you're like, maybe I'm not as super here. Maybe I've slipped into a stupor here. Okay, y'all ain't going to be honest with me, 915. Uh, y'all come here. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Uh, if you look at Spider-Man, all right, or, 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 or Superman, any of them. Uh, no, let's go to Superman. Here he is as Superman. You know, he's man of steel. Man of steel. You know, I mean, he, he's the guy. Laser beams coming out of his eyes. Superhuman strength. But yet the woman he wants greatest don't want him. Okay, y'all got quiet right there. Y'all got quiet right there. So watch this. He's trying to get her to accept him as Clark Kent, but she don't want him when he's in a stupor. She only wants him when he's super. It's got to be an interesting thing to have laser beams coming out your eyes, but you can't make Lois go out to eat with you. It's quiet in the church. All right, all right. Are, are you getting the principle here? Watch this. Every superhero, we, we, Clark Kent, Superman, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, the rest of them people. They had moments where you saw them as super. But the same person seemingly had a divested personality because the moment they were super, then in the same sequence, you'd see them in moments where they slipped into a stupor. Okay, y'all gonna catch the point. Y'all gonna catch the point. Y'all gonna catch the point. If I was to ask you the question, can, have you ever looked at your life and there were certain areas you were like, I got that. Evolution time, I got that. And then other areas of your life, you were like, I'm just so confused. I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just so stressed. Where, where are the honest people at? Because watch this. To really be a superhero, you're going to have to be honest about the areas where you've slipped into a stupor. And touch your neighbor and say, we all have some. Y'all talking good to your neighbor today. Y'all, This ain't even that hard today. Shoot, I, I might be able to really preach today. Now, watch this. That word stupor means unconsciousness, oblivion. That means you're unaware of what's really happening. Amaze, stunned, mental inactivity, apathy, lethargy, lethargy rather, sluggish, inactivity, inertia, laziness, passivity, weariness, and being in a daze. What areas of your life are you unconscious? You're going through the same. And Bishop, how do I know I'm in a stupor? Because you go through the same cycle and you do nothing to interrupt it. 
What areas of your life do you keep going through the same cycle over and over and over and over? And Lord, give me out. Lord, give me out. And God says, I would if you'd be super instead of slipping into a stupor. You act like you don't know what's really going on. You ever, you ever had a friend who was unaware and you tried to make them aware? And when you talk to them, you discover just how far from reality they were. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing? Okay, let me see, 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 let me see. Uh, let, me, let me give you another analogy. You have a friend who you were like, uh, man, uh, who you say you date? Oh, for real? Is this them? Or oh, is that the God brother that they super, 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 extra, 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 real up close with? Oh. You getting the point? And then here's what they say. Let me see. No, that, that, that's just, they went to school together. And you're like, are you that far removed from reality? That a picture can't even be trusted? Are you that steep in a stupor that you won't even believe your lying eyes? Notice I said it, won't even believe your lying eyes. Because when you're a stupor, you'll see it and be like, that. what I saw ain't what I saw. Now, if you ain't never had a friend like that, you're the friend that we had. <laughs> you catching the point? You, are you catching the point? Right, now, I'm just using this as an analogy so you get the point. They're talking a lot about relationships because last week y'all said that's where you need the most help. So a lot of my analogies now are going to be relationship-based, all right? Just so you understand, as a pastor, it's my job to give you what you need. Got it? So if you got struggles in relationships, I'm going to start using a bunch of analogies that deal with relationships, okay? So here it is. Like, Lord, give me a sign. You open up Instagram. You open up whatever. And here they go all hugged up till they play cousin. But you so slipped into a stupor. Oh, that didn't mean nothing. And here's the trip. You'll sit there and look for evidence to support a narrative that's not true. Well, they do like hugging people. Because at church, Bishop said, Bishop said hug people. They do like hugging people. Touch your neighbor and say, come out of the stupor. You'll know, you'll know somebody's not a good fit and sit up and find facts to support the narrative. Well, nobody's perfect. Yeah, but nobody has those issues, though. Everybody ain't got those issues. The two times you don't settle. Leaders, when you're hiring people, and then second folk, when you're marrying people. Them the two times you don't settle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you catching the principle here? All right, let me give you one more analogy. Let me give you one more analogy. Let me give you one more analogy. Okay, watch this. Now, um, you, you, um, you, 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 got, you got an area of your life where, you know, you're looking and you're saying, you know what? Um, all right, it's going to cost me, you know, $1,000 to do that. Okay? And, and it's not ne necessary. This is something you'd like to do. Stay with me. It's not necessary. Doesn't ever say it's not necessary. It's just something to do. All right, and so then you check the bank account. All right, it ain't necessary. You trying to take a vacation. Okay, got quiet right there. Because I know Denver folk love to vacation. 
And I'd be like wondering, well, what y'all vacation? What you done to deserve a vacation? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You ever seen somebody take more vacations yet they always, uh, you know, talking about how bad their finances are? Like, how you take so many vacations and your finances are so rough? I tell you what, how you fix your finances? Stop taking trips. I just need to get away. How about you build a life you don't need to get away from? If you always need to get away, it's evidence you're in a stupor and don't even know it yet. I came to talk to some people that say, I'm building a life from this moment forward. I don't need a vacation from. I'm building a quality of life where I don't need to get away. I want to stay in the thick of it. And so then, you, you know, you have these tough financial issues. All right, and then you look at it. And then so the stupor is like, well, this ain't necessary. This is an unnecessary vacation trip. I ain't going to advance the kingdom. I ain't going to take the city. I'm just going because I say I need to take me some days. The trip going to cost 1500 I upped it. It's going to cost 1500 It was 1000 but then you waited to the last minute to get the ticket. So now it's 1500 it's 1500 Stay with me. I'm almost done. It's going to $1,500, and, and you look at the bank account, and it's, it's, it's 9 dollars cents in there. Here's what a stupor says. Well, let me call so-and-so, and let me get a payday loan, and let me borrow from this one, and let me borrow from that one. I don't need to do this. I'm not advancing God's kingdom. I'm not taking this. I'm not, I have no spiritual reason for this. I'm just, I'm grown. And we taking us a ladies trip. We taking us a fellas trip. A stupor will look at that and be unaware of the fact that that's an awful decision. Are you, are you catching the analogy to see the point? All right, touch your neighbor say, be super. Don't slip into a stupor. Here it is. Today is often called Palm Sunday. It's the day where over 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode into Jerusalem, which means the city of peace, the city of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing lacking, all is well. Riding on a donkey to fulfill the prophecy in Zechariah in time for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Passover, and ultimately the Feast of First Fruits, which we're going to learn about on Wednesday, so don't miss it, uh, which we call Easter, uh, that is, next Sunday. In Zechariah 9.9, it says this, Rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Uh, he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a, cow, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Through his actions, Jesus was declaring himself king, which was intentionally confrontational against the Sanhedrin because they knew what his actions meant. The people began celebrating and laid down their cloaks in front of him and also laid down palm trees, hence the term of this day being called Palm Sunday. And shortly thereafter in John chapter 2, we see Jesus entering the temple with a whip he built, driving out money changes and those turning over tables because, watch this, he saw the people now uh, doing business and selling doves. Watch this, when they were selling doves, they were essentially attempting to sell the spirit. What he was saying is this, is he was saying uh, he was intentionally being confrontational, not because those were bad things. The reason that they had money changers is because and everybody came to the city. You needed money changers because as they were giving their offerings, everybody had a different type of currency. So you needed money changers for the purposes of exchanging currency. Um, they were buying doves for the sacrifice, which was natural for them to do that. So it wasn't that Jesus had an issue with that. Jesus was saying, watch this, the spirit behind the people that were doing that was the issue. More importantly, he was being intentionally confrontational. Watch this, Bishop. Where are you going with this? The palm branch was a symbol of triumph and victory in the Greco-Roman culture, and it became the most common attribute of the uh, Greek goddess Nike or victory watch this so when Jesus rode in he was really telling the people that not only did he have victory but also those who believed in him would have victory Mr. where are you going with this most people don't experience the super of victory because they slip into the stupor of pride 
This is what he's saying. 2,000 years ago on this day when Jesus rode in the city, he was saying, we got victory. So my question is, if there's areas of your life you don't have victory, could it be that you stopped being super and you started slipping into a stupor? But today, I came to wave a palm branch for somebody to announce that your days of unnecessary stupor are over, to announce that your days of unnecessary failure are over. Say, I'll be super. I won't slip into a stupor. So check it out. 2,000 years ago, check the principle. Jesus said, my people have victory. V-I, spell it, C-T-O-R-Y. Say it like you're from the South. Ara. Why? Now, 2,000 years ago, on this day, Jesus said, this is what my people have. So, if there's an area of our life we don't have victory, here's the question. Have we slipped into the stupor instead of being super? And you know the stupor that most of us slip into, it's the stupor of pride. Now, now watch this. It might get a little quiet on your road. Your neighbor's been talking real good, but it might get a little quiet right through here. So, if they get quiet, just look them upside the head and just say, don't, don't play me now. Don't play me now. Just look at, just matter of fact, go on and do it now. Look at them and say, don't play me now. Because the truth be told, we all have slipped into the stupor of pride at some point. We all started thinking a little bit more highly of ourselves than we uh, should have at some point. But the good news is that since you got up this morning, that means you got new mercy. That means you got new grace, which means the same God that declared victory 2,000 years ago on this day is the same God that will forgive you today. Watch this. Pride is an inflated sense of one's personal status or accomplishments. It's often used synonymously with hubris, and hubris is being overly confident and prideful and arrogant. Arrogance is a sense of superiority, self-importance, or entitlement. Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride creates falls. Falls in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament is the word shaber, which means affliction, breach, breaking, bruises, crashing, and hurt. Watch this. To get rid of your stupor, God lets you go through the wilderness. Wilderness means testing, trial, tribulation. Watch this. And loss without explanation. I want to ask you a question. Where have you experienced loss in your life over the last 12 months without explanation? That is an indication to you that's an area of your life you slipped into a stupor instead of being super. But today. Now, now watch this, watch this. You can see this clearly in Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Deuteronomy, uh, which means to say it again. Oftentimes, God has to say something over and over and over again before we finally get it. Parents, have you ever noticed with your children how about the 51th time you've said it, they get it? 51th is urban colloquialism. It just means, you know, a lot of times. Watch this, watch this, watch this. In Deuteronomy 8, 2, it says this. You shall remember the Lord your God who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments or not. Watch this. God says, I will allow you to be tested. I will allow you to go through a wilderness so that I can get you out of your stupor so that you can be super. Which means, watch this. Anybody been facing some tests? Okay, anybody been facing some tribulations? Anybody been facing some stuff that made you want to snap, crackle, pop, and cuss? Just be honest. Ain't no sense in pretending you at church. Don't come into a place where you can get healed, but because you don't want to be real, you leave with the same issue. Just your neighbor say, I didn't have some stuff going on. But here's the reality of it. Here's what you need to celebrate about that is that's God's way of saying to you, watch this. I need you to learn some things. I need to break that pride off of you. I need to break that arrogance off of you. I need to break that hubris off of you because what I've ordained for you in your banner year, which is your best year yet, you're not going to take it if you're prideful. You're not going to take it if you're in a stupor. You're going to have to be super. 
So here are a few ways. I got to finish because I'm out of time. Here's a few ways you can slip into the stupor of pride. It won't be super. Here's, here's, here's how you can test it. Number one, if there are cycles that keep repeating, you're in a stupor somewhere. If you on marriage seven, there's a stupor. Some of you are like, Bishop, I'm not. I'm on six. Okay, catch the principle, though. Catch the principle, though. It ain't who you picking. It's the picker. Because you get into a stupor because you watch this. You like being accepted. So anybody that says yes gets your yes. All right, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. What's well, this? So if there's a cycle that repeats itself, that's an area you're like you slipped into a stupor. If you keep going through financial struggles, there's, that's an area where you've slipped into a stupor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And ain't no sense of being mad about it. Just it's time to shift. You better go in that telephone booth, do your little turnaround, and go and step in the stupor. All right, if there's a cycle that repeats itself. Number two, complaining. If you're a big complainer, You've slipped into a stupor, okay? Because complaining is pride because it comes from a sense of entitlement. It's quiet in the church today, all right? So first thing is what? Cycles that repeat. Second thing is what? Complaining. Here's, here's the third thing, a lack of gratitude. If somebody's kind to you and gives you grace and gives you favor and gives you mercy and gives you a job you don't qualify for and gives you an opportunity you don't deserve and then you have a lack of gratitude? You ever gone out of your way to do something for somebody and, 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 and then you thought to yourself, that sucker didn't even say thank you. You weren't even mad about what you did. You were like, I can't believe they didn't say thank you. I went out of my way to do something I didn't have to do. Watch this. But when you're in a stupor, you'll complain because you have a sense of entitlement. That's the, you know. No. Let me, let me help you understand something. Look at me, church. Look at me, church. Secret team in you. Don't nobody owe you nothing. Your daddy don't know. I know he maybe wasn't that. He don't owe you jack. You better take that rejection and realize it was protection. God said, I needed you to not be tainted by that foolishness. Your mama don't owe you nothing. God don't owe you nothing. I sure don't owe you nothing. Your neighbor don't owe you nothing. You better stop thinking somebody owe you something just because you've been through hell. We all been through hell. We all been betrayed. We've all been rejected. Ain't nothing special about that. Just let me say, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Uh, the traffic is so bad. Thank God you got a car. Y'all not saying nothing. Oh, I got to do so much work. Thank God your boss thought enough of you to say I can trust you with the work. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Just let me say, stop complaining. Gas price is so high. Somebody wish they had money to spend on gas. Stop talking about, ooh, I'm just, ooh, I'm just so tired. Thank God your legs still work. Somebody's legs, when they went to move, I feel like preaching. When they went to move them this morning, that leg wouldn't move today. But you got up this morning and he started you on your way. Touch your neighbor and say, you have no reason to complain. But we complain when we slip into a stupor. Let me talk to my students. Stop complaining. Mom, you don't do this. Shut up. And I know I said it kind of strong. But you just need to let me pastor you for a moment. There's, there's kids that wish they had a mama that was in their business. There's kids that wish they had a daddy in their business. You better be thankful you got a parent that wants to know where you're going and who you're talking to and where you at. And don't you be outside if them lights come on. 
Touch your neighbor and say, stop complaining. Uh, I said, what's this, what? But then, but then num- number one is what? Cycles. Number two, complaining. Number three, a lack of gratitude. You don't have any reason. Nobody owes you anything. You have no reason to be unthankful. Somebody give you a dollar, be thankful. Somebody gives you a compliment, be thankful. Why is it that you tear apart good stuff? Because you slipped into a stupor. Somebody will say, I really like your dress. Oh, this whole thing, I just heard. Now just receive and say, thank you, I like your shoes. We both, we both doing pretty good, ain't we? Lack of gratitude, lack of gratitude. It's one thing I really don't like is ungrateful people. Let me, give, let me show you how, because that's the way I operate. Anytime anybody does anything for me, I say thank you. And I go out of my way to make sure I send a note, a letter, a this or that or whatever. If you've ever given me anything, you already know. You already know. You got an email, you got a letter, you got, so you got something. Because it was important to me because I want to always show gratitude. I'm not building me up, I'm just teaching you a principle that I live by. And so watch this. So, some of y'all can relate to this. When I'm driving... I don't like when I sense a lack of gratitude. Now I let you over. The least you could do was give me the thank you hand. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Just your neighbor say, have some gratitude. That's the least you could have done. <laughs> well, what's this? What's this? Can I give you a scripture? I'm five minutes over time, but can I just give you a scripture for this? Second Chronicles 32, 25. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him. In other words, he was given favor. He was given grace. He was given mercy. Favor means preferential treatment. So he lacked what? Gratitude. Watch this. And because he lacked gratitude, if we kept reading the story, you'd understand God says, for this reason, Hezekiah, you're going to die. Get your affairs of your house in order because you're going to die because you lack gratitude because you think we owe you something. Verse, it says, it says, touch your neighbor and say, have some gratitude. If somebody's kind to you, say thank you. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday while we were, yesterday, yesterday while we were, we were traveling, yesterday while we were traveling, that, that flight out of here was just, I was scared. I started, I got everything right. I said, Father, I repent for every sin that committed knowingly and unknowingly. Lord, I repent for when I was two and I took that key out the furniture store. Y'all not saying nothing. I, I repented for everything. Because that flight up out of here yesterday was rough. I, I literally, I looked over and I said, oh my God. I said, this man, I said, I'm going to go up there and help him fly. Because he evidently does not know what he's doing. And I said, I'm not going out like this. And there's too many of my people on this plane. And I said, hey, we got to have church tomorrow. I said, I do not have, we do not have time for no crashes. That is not what we got time for. He better get us up there and better get me there safe. But, but the man, but the, but the, but the, um, the flight attendant, he, he remembered, he said, he said, you want some peanuts? I said, uh, no, sir, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, he, I said, no. he said, are you sure? Watch this. Now, he had taken the drink order earlier, orange juice, all right? Okay, just so you drink order. Don't go misinterpreting what I said. I said, I want some orange juice. And so he said, are you sure? Now, he took the drink order probably 15, 15, 20 minutes earlier. He said, are you sure you don't want some peanuts because the orange juice would go well with these peanuts? I looked at him and said, you remembered what I ordered? Now, here was my point. 
is that his attention to detail, I just wanted to say thank you. So when I was going to play, I said, I just want to say thank you. I said, because the fact that you had attention to detail, I got folks that ain't paying attention to detail like that. I'd say, stand over here, they over in a whole other part of the building. I said, the fact that you remember orange juice and peanuts together, I said, wow. Touch your name and say, have gratitude. Say, be thankful. Watch the verse, 2 Chronicles 32, 25. Hezekiah did not repay or he wasn't grateful according to the favor shown him. And his heart was lifted up in what, church? Pride! His mind said, well, you owe me that. That's the, you know, that's the least you could do. So his heart got lifted up in pride. And look at this last part of the verse. Therefore, wrath, watch this, church, was looming over him. What's wrath? Wrath is hot anger. Whose wrath? God's wrath. God says, listen, we all make mistakes. I love you. I have mercy. I have grace. But the one problem we're going to have is when you lack gratitude. How do you think you're doing me a favor by coming to see me on Sunday? And I woke you up Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You ain't doing me a favor. I got you through that car accident. I got you through that cancer. I got you through that disease. I got you through that bad relationship. The least you could do is bless me. The least you could do is clap your hands. The least you could do is praise me. You owe me some gratitude. Touch the neighbor and say, we owe him. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You still here, church? Look at verse 26. Then Hezekiah humbled himself over the pride of his heart. Second Chronicles gives us a summary of it. If you were to go and look at it through the other uh, scriptures, you'd see the narrative because then, then he has to die for his lack of gratitude. Notice, not because of his failures, but because he lacked gratitude. I need you to catch this, church. T touch your neighbor and say, be stupor. Don't slip into a stupor. You slip into a stupor when you lack gratitude. Tomorrow, you need to go thank your boss. Thank you. Don't go into no attitude. You didn't want me to say thank you. Say thank you because say, you know what? I know it's been a couple times. I didn't quite do what I was supposed to do. Matter of fact, probably a little bit more than a couple times. Thank you. Thank you for your coaching. Thank you for your training. Some of you need to go to your spouse today after church and say thank you. For what? For putting up with me. I, okay, y'all not going to say that to me. Some of you parents need to go thank your kids and say thank you. Thank you for what, mama? Thank you for what, daddy? Because you know what? I realize I've been learning along the way. I ain't done everything quite right. Some of you students and some of you children need to thank your parents when you get out of church and say thank you. Thank you that you didn't give up on me like my friends mama did. Thank you you didn't give up on me like my friends daddy did. Are there any thankful people in this place? Here it is, number one. You know you're in a stupor when cycles repeat. Number two, when you complain. Number three, when there's a lack of gratitude. All right, uh, number four. Uh, number four, I just got to give it to you. I have to finish it. Let me team. When you use absolutes without being resolute. You're in a stupor when you start staying like this. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Bishop, what, does he mean? what do you mean I'm in a stupor? Because how do you know what you'll never do if it's not been tested? You cannot trust what you cannot test. Stop calling people your ride or dies and you've known them for two weeks. You haven't even been through a whole season with them to know if that's true. Stop calling people my BFF and you've known them for a month and a half. You haven't even seen them through a whole season. So you can't use absolutes when you're not resolute. Whenever people start telling me stuff like this, Bishop, I, I'm, I'm, I, Bishop I'm gonna be with you to the end. I literally go in my office and write a note and say, this person needs to be marked because they're on their way out. 
Bishop, how did, why would you say that? Bishop, why would you say that? Maybe they really meant it. Sure, I'm sure they meant it at the moment, but it hasn't been tested. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When people say they love you, 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 you sometimes, sometimes, watch this, sometimes, sometimes, here's our automatic response. I love you too. Y'all going to do me like that, church? I'm 15 minutes over. I might as well just go and step all up in the Kool-Aid. You, 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 ever, you ever had somebody say, I love you? And, and your automatic response, I love you too. Got it? Sometimes you need to say, thanks. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Why? Because I know I ain't there with you yet. And I'm not quite sure if you're there with me yet. So the best thing we can do is just say, God bless you. Keep the faith. Be encouraged. Because if you walk up on me the wrong way, it might not be love. Where the real people at? You've been telling people on your job you love them. You don't love them. The moment you get transferred or the moment you get another job, you won't talk to them ever again. Stop saying you love them. You like them a lot because you sit next to them. This is too real for y'all. Okay, let, let's move on. Let's move. Don't use an absolute when you're not resolute. Peter, if I had time to tell you, Peter, Peter used an absolute. Peter said, Lord, I will never leave you. I will never walk away from you. Jesus looked at him like, Petey. He called Judas friend. He called Peter enemy. Interesting. He says, he says, uh, he says look, Pete, before the day's out, you're going to deny me three times. I'll never do it, Jesus. I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. You've been so good to me, Jesus. Give me one more chance, Jesus. Jesus, give me one more chance. He says, Pete, before the day's out, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to tell the people you don't even know me. You ain't just going to miss the meeting. You're going to say you were never part of the club. Watch this. Let me throw this in here, and I got to quit right here. I'm out of the message, but I'm out of time. Be careful of people when you see them betray other people with you because they will do it to you. I watch the loyalty of other people and how they treat other people. And if I see them throw somebody else under the bus, they say they've been loyal to them. Like, mark them. Because the moment they get an opportunity to do that to me, they'll do it too. No matter how good you are. No how kind you are. Are you here, church? Are you here, church? So, number one is cycles that repeat. Number two, complaining. Number three, lack of gratitude. Number four, using absolutes without being resolute. And I am out of time, but this last one is acting foolish. Proverbs 26, 11 says, a dog returned to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly, but I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'll finish at 11.15, but I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Touch your neighbor and say, be super. Don't slip into a stupor. I said that was the last one. There's actually two more. The last one was a real good one. It was the extra good one. It was like, it was like, there's this place yesterday, as soon as I got into the city, I, I had to go to this restaurant, and uh, uh, they have this bread, and this bread is anointed bread. No, let me tell you something, no, literally, no, let me, no, the bread, it's buttery, it's warm, they bring it to you hot out the oven, and a man said, sir, would you like some bread? I said, 
Let me have some more. Please, won't you give me another? In the old school church, is there one? Yes, is there another? Is there another? Is there another? You got some more in there. Stop acting like that's your kids, bread. Put some more bread on my plate. <laughs> now, now, so this last one is like that bread. These last two are like that bread. I'll finish it at 11.15. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in this experience together. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.